Get in zone. AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Brakes? We can save you 15% on that. We have OE quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralast pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Career Builder is made for people who have that thing. You know, those superpowers that make you good at your job, the skills you bring to work. And Career Builder knows those skills make you right for other jobs too. Higher paying jobs with benefits, jobs you never thought of trying. Are you a people person? Work from home as a customer service rep. Are you organized and like driving? Become a delivery driver. You have the skills it takes, and CareerBuilder.com has the jobs to get you hired fast. Visit CareerBuilder.com. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Off-day edition of the HHC, but never an off-day here on the Hornets Hivecast. Uh, we've got a fun show for you today as we have just wrapped up Christmas and we look ahead to the Hornets hosting Houston and, and really getting the second half of the season started, one where the team will be home a lot more and one where the team will have a lot more rest built into the schedule. But before we start looking at the games ahead, uh, we wanted to talk with someone who just completed a wonderful profile piece on reigning rookie of the year and Hornets superstar LaMelo Ball. He is Sports Illustrated senior writer Chris Mannix. I think part of the reason they had him uh, do this assignment at this particular time was because LaMelo just won the award. Chris did a fantastic profile piece and he's kind enough to join us here today for the full episode of the Hornets Hivecast talking about his interactions and discussions with LaMelo Ball, his teammates, his coaches, the front office staff about this young budding superstar. So Without further ado, let's welcome back Chris Mannix, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, here to the Hornets Hivecast. Chris, thanks for spending some time with us. No problem. My pleasure. You recently put out a, a big profile piece on LaMelo Ball, and the opening paragraph really sets the scene for LaMelo Ball in Charlotte, I feel, talking about a neon yellow Lamborghini, a milkshake blending Fruit Loops and berry pieces from Captain Crunch, and then the reigning rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball, saying cereal is undefeated, bro. I, I, that's just, it seems to paint the picture of what LaMelo Ball is and is doing in the Queen City right now. Yeah, he's... A 20-year-old who, in some ways, acts exactly like one, you know, spending lavishly on an ostentatious car, being borderline obsessed with 
a cereal smoothie store that he says he frequents very often, which I don't blame him for. It's terrific. I went a couple of times when I was down there in Charlotte. And, you know, at other times he acts anything but like a 20-year-old. His maturity is really impressive, both on the court and off it. I mean, how he's navigated what has been unquestionably a circumspect route to the NBA is really remarkable. So, you know, you kind of see two sides of him every time you interact with him. There's one word in particular you used midway through the piece, which we highly recommend everyone check out again at Sports Illustrated. It's breeziness. There's a breeziness to LaMelo. And and that word just kind of struck me because, like you said, he's taken an odd route to the NBA, or at least an uncommon one. But everything, at least from his perspective, seems to have been happening the way he had envisioned. Nothing seems to take him by surprise. It's like a leaf in the wind. It's blowing in all kinds of different directions, but apparently it's going in the exact direction it always thought it should. Be. Yeah, you would think if you knew nothing about him that there would be something of an edge to him. And I don't mean that that's going to be used positively, but I say this in a negative way. Something would have rubbed off on him from having to go the route that he went, you know, jumping out of high school, what, before his junior year, playing in Lithuania a couple of times, playing in Australia, traveling the world for his father's basketball league. You would think that there would be some some negative side effects from taking that kind of route and that that would make him a little more jaded maybe not as trusted i don't know whatever we want to look for none of that was there and it wasn't there in the interviews that we did it, it certainly wasn't reflective of the interviews i did with players and coaches you know i i was struck by something that miles bridges said he admitted that you know when lamello joined the team last year he it was part of him expecting something less than what he got, something bad. You know, he he, he knew the hype around Lamelo Ball, and you know he kind of expected you know, maybe somebody that came in a little bit too cocky, you know, a little bit too full of himself, and that was the exact opposite of you know what Lamelo turned out to be. So it's you know, Breeze is kind of reflects him. He's just kind of you know going with the flow. He just focuses on basketball, and he's got a lot of confidence in what he can do out there. There's no question about that. In terms of his impact on the league, I think you know it'll be a long ways out to determine what kind of footprint he leaves on the NBA and the game. I see signs a little bit of, you see what Steph Curry has done to the game in terms of transforming what a reasonable three-point shot is. LaMelo might have an opportunity to do the same with what a reasonable pass is to make, but that's going to take years to, to see how that pans out. But in terms of the here and now, we see the Hornets ticket sales skyrocketing top five in the league from your reference point in Sports Illustrated and the article that you just did about LaMelo Ball and also just we see it going city to city there's a ton of Charlotte uniforms out there there's a ton of teal and almost all of them are wearing number two that's not something that was normal prior to LaMelo Ball no to say the least I don't think there's been a franchise in the last 20-25 years that's been as anonymous as Charlotte it doesn't mean that they haven't been good at times the Kemba Walker years were certainly pretty good the Baron Davis years were certainly pretty good but they never had that guy you have to go back to kind of Larry Johnson Alonzo morning years to identify that type of player and you know, they've needed that. Like, they've needed some star power to give fans a reason to come to the arena, to watch games on a regular basis. LaMelo is the first guy, at least in 
this incarnation of the Hornets to to do that. He gives you, you know, the, the NBA. It's a star driven league, as as we know. I mean, fans, you know, they go up to support the team, but more often than not, they're going to see the players. And if it's one player in particular, one player can drive ticket sales and ratings, and and that's what Lamelo has done, you know, for this Hornets team. He's he's such a special talent and can do so many rare things that seeing him has almost become must-see TV. I can tell you that for me, I mean, I for most of the last, I don't know, 10 years, I can't say that I've sought out Charlotte on League Pass during the season, even when they were pretty good. Uh, now, you know, virtually every time they're playing, uh, I'm going to watch to see what LaMelo's doing and to a lesser degree, Miles Bridges and some of the other young guys on that team. So what LaMelo, uh, LaMelo has single-handedly transformed the franchise, not necessarily to a good one because that's been done before in Charlotte. They've been good before but he's transformed them into a relevant one which is something that that hasn't been the case in a very long time cataracts made it hard to see clearly even movies were blurry so i went to charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were the doctors at charlotte eye ear nose and throat associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times see like you once did Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Speaking with Chris Mannix, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, who just got through putting together a great profile piece on LaMelo Ball. I encourage you very much to check it out. Uh, Chris, I'm sure there's never a bad reason to talk to LaMelo Ball. He's one of the uh, real shining stars, young faces of the NBA. But in particular, recently, Sports Illustrated named him the Breakthrough Athlete of the Year. Won the award over a couple of other very bright young stars. Uh, one in particular caught my eye, Emma Raducanu, who had an iconic run in a Grand Slam, something that I don't think had ever been done. A, a person winning every set in a qualifier all the way through the final was a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, my question for you with regards to the award, is it an award for accomplishment? Lamelo winning Rookie of the Year is being seen as maybe something more impressive than Raducanu's performance in one major compared to the rest of the season, or is it based off their potential impact on their sport or sports in general? Well, let me first say I don't exactly know because that decision is is above my pay grade. I kind of just get the call saying, hey, LaMelo's going to be the guy. Go write a profile on him. So I get shipped out to, on, on that end. I, I do think, though, it's it's about the totality of the year and what a player does on the court, the impact he has with the franchise off the court, and I don't think you can argue that LaMelo, who I think entered the starting lineup, what, January, February of last past year, and immediately put that team on the map. He had started to do it coming off the bench in January, but you know, picked that team up, gave it life, and had it around 500 before he got injured last season and you know, picked up right where he left off this year. So I think it's a little bit of everything uh, in that mix, not, not just what a guy did in one season or one accomplishment with Rookie of the Year. I think it's just the overall impact on the year and very few young athletes if any have had the kind of impact LaMelo had. We were talking a moment ago about how 
he's had an impact on this particular franchise. But for LaMelo, it goes beyond that, I feel like. When you look at other young stars, Trey Young, John Morant, Zion Williamson, they certainly have an impact on their franchises as well. But there's also, you know, Trey Young is, has single-handedly developed a, a rivalry between Atlanta and New York that wasn't really there before. And other players are beloved by their home market, not necessarily by people outside of it. LaMelo, everyone seems to love LaMelo. It's not necessarily the most fun thing to see your team play against him and lose to him, but there's not a lot of people booing LaMelo Ball when he comes on the floor. More people anticipating what he might do. Yeah, I mean, not yet, I would say. And, you know, the reason they hate Trey Young in New York was entirely because of one playoff series where he, he, he silenced them and, you know, took on kind of a Reggie Miller-like persona in the garden. And, you know, I, you know, LaMelo could get there. I don't think he'll be as grandiose as Trey, kind of finger to his mouth, you know, trying to silence the crowd and, and the way he did. But, you know, you, you develop a rivalry with teams in the playoffs. And as the Hornets kind of progress and become a playoff team, both this year and beyond, it, it won't surprise me one bit if he starts being, you know, despised in, in some markets. I mean, look, I remember, I think it was early in the season when – you know, Charlotte played the Celtics, and Marcus Smart had some choice words about LaMelo uh, after the game. So as his career moves forward, remember he's only in his, his second year and barely uh, barely played a full season in total number of games. He's going to develop those personal rivalries. He's going to develop resentment for fan bases, and, and that's great. Like I think that means the team's successful. That means that, that good things are happening in Charlotte because they're playing meaningful games that are giving opposing fans reason to – to, to dig into you. The style of LaMelo Ball is infectious and brings you in, but there's also an awful lot of substance there, and you talk about it in your piece. Uh, you had a, a, a portion where you're talking with James Borrego, and he shows you one of his favorite clips, and it's LaMelo Ball returning again and again and again to a pick-and-roll multiple times, three times in a row on a single possession, not forcing a shot, not trying to make some crazy pass, but doing it until he got the right action, the right look to execute the play, the way it was designed, the way it would best benefit the team. What were you trying to to showcase there, or what was JB trying to showcase to you there about how the developmental process, the substance of LaMelo Ball is coming along? Well, it was at the time his favorite clip of LaMelo and he we were sitting in his office a few weeks back and he was eager to kind of show me that clip because it exemplified what the question was you know where have you seen progress uh, with LaMelo and you know last season LaMelo after the first failed pick and roll probably would have tried to isolate or do something crazy or launch you know a 25 footer uh, it's you know when you don't have the requisite experience you kind of go back to instinct and that was LaMelo's instinct at the time but the patience to call for not two, but three picks from the same player effectively running the same play with a 24-second shot clock. You know, that, to JB and, and to, to myself, as I watched this with a more casual eye, that that's obvious signs of progress, to trust the process and to be able to stick with one play even when it breaks down a couple of times. And, you know, as he was sitting on the side or standing on the sidelines, you know, James was sitting there saying, or chuckling to himself, kind of laughing, saying, that's... That's what I want to see. You know, that's a sign of development for me in LaMelo Ball because we know he can play in the open floor. We know he plays great off instinct. The next step is playing in a more disciplined half-court system and thriving in it because that's how you succeed in the playoffs. I mean, you can be a running team in the regular season. That's great. You can run a little bit in the playoffs, but as we know, possessions become a lot more valuable in the postseason. Teams dig in 
a lot more defensively in the postseason. You've got to be able to execute in the half court, and that play in particular was an example of LaMelo kind of growing into that role as someone that can execute in the half court. Every player benefits from experience and getting older, getting stronger, seeing more out there on the floor. How much does the machine learning concept, feeding data into this machine, having LaMelo go through hundreds and thousands of sets over his first couple of seasons, building into his IQ where he's already pretty advanced for his age. He has off-the-charts instincts when it comes to passes that are possible. He's doing things that we just rarely see in the game. But how much of this you know, machine learning feeding into it is going to really determine how, how great he can be and, and maybe gives us a glimpse of how great he might be in the near future? Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a big part of it. He's naturally as gifted as almost any playmaker in the league. He's got great size. His jump shot is a lot better than most people, including the Hornets, thought it was going to be. So that there's a there's a natural progression he's going to take regardless. But his ability to be as fearsome in the half court as he is in an up-tempo game is going to be critical for his development and, frankly, the development of, of the team in general. If he can run that team Chris Paul-like, for lack of a better example. I mean, they're going to be downright dangerous. I mean, because you, you know they'll be able to score in transition. They play with pace, uh, as they have the, the last couple of years uh, with LaMelo at a much faster pace than they did in previous seasons. But their ability to execute in the half court, LaMelo's ability to be that floor general is, I don't want to say it's going to be everything, but it's going to be a lot towards determining how good a playoff team Charlotte uh, ultimately is. So, yeah, I mean, how, how he processes all the things being thrown at him, uh, how he matures organically over the next couple of years. Those are going to be big things to watch for this player. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sports Illustrated senior writer Chris Mannix, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Chris just wrapped up doing a great profile piece on LaMelo Ball, available now in Sports Illustrated. Uh, Chris, one aspect of it, you talk about LaMelo or write about LaMelo, basically ping-ponging between his condo, his home, and the gym with occasional stops for cereal-based smoothies, which I I appreciate the suggestion. I'm going to have to check it out a little bit more often myself. But that part of him, you know, staying in Charlotte over the offseason and bouncing between the gym and his home and him, a quote you put in there saying, it's the perfect situation. We know a lot of players have retired to Charlotte and certainly love it. But, you know, for someone who was from L.A. to not want to go to his original home, to want to stay in Charlotte and work on his craft and having that be the perfect situation. Can you talk about what LaMelo talked about in that regard? Yeah, I mean, it again goes to that word kind of breeziness. When I sort of brought up this would have been a great opportunity for you as Rookie of the Year to go back to L.A., spend the summer in L.A., kind of basking in your glory, you get kind of a quizzical look back from him. Like, you know, why would I want to do that? You know, a lot of his teammates stayed in the Charlotte area. The gym is right down the street from his house. I mean, he's at this point of his career, he really is a simple guy who's just about basketball. And, and one point that he brought up to me was L.A., Charlotte. I mean, I guess if you've been you know, living in the U.S. the last few years, 
you know, maybe the choice is more difficult. But this is a guy that, for the most part, has been in the frozen tundra of Lithuania, all on his own, uh, out in Australia, bouncing around to different countries with the JBA. So, as he said it, like pretty much anywhere in the United States is cool to him. So, if you supply him with a gym, the resources you need to get better, it, it just didn't seem like it was much of a choice for him. Like, I, I kind of was trying to poke at, you know, was it a tough call? I mean, did you want to go back? Did your family want you to go back? All that stuff. And he did go back. I mean, he, he went to visit his mom, he told me a few times, and, and of course, you know, spend time with his family. But as you know, for the most part, he was around the city, around the organization, just working on his game in the weight room with Miles Bridges, working on that, and focusing on his craft. And, you know, look, that, that may change. That probably won't be every summer for LaMelo Ball. But for right now, that's a great sign to see a guy just – pass off on kind of the victory tour that he could have taken in order to stay around the team facility to get better. Makes me think of the uh, the saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And LaMelo certainly, he likes sim- the, the simple things. He likes to play basketball. He likes to work on his craft. And so he, he is in that right spot. In terms of him being the face of this franchise now in Charlotte and with that in mind, wanting to stay in Charlotte, wanting to continue working, not because he sees it as work, but because it's what he would want to do anyways. How much of an impact has that had on his teammates and some of the decisions, uh, people around the franchise, around the league who might be considering Charlotte in the future uh, have when looking at LaMelo and his long-term future in the Queen City? Well, it, it certainly has had a notable impact on his current teammates. I recall Bridges telling me, you know, a guy that's been there, what, four years now, describing the difference in the atmosphere between the pre-LaMelo years and the current LaMelo years. So, you know, it's it's noticeable. The energy is noticeable in the building. It's, you know, the building is has more fans cheering for the Hornets as opposed to, you know, sometimes when you have a popular road team, you get a lot of road fans in that building. So, you know, the impact currently is big. Yeah, I, I would argue and guess that the impact outside is going to be significant, but we'll see. I mean, I I believe that, you know, when you have a player like LaMelo, especially at the point guard position, that kind of player is going to be attractive to play with. You know, LaMelo's not a guy out there looking for his own shots. He's happy finding you shots. And I think players who have options who may have only gone to Charlotte, you know, because they overpaid for you, now you have an opportunity to play for a guy that's, going to help make you better and going to put you in a position to to win games. And I think that will have an impact on players in free agency. It's tough to guarantee it because we haven't seen it yet, but historically when you have players like that, whether it's Jason Kidd or you go back even further, Magic Johnson, John Stockton, like just playmakers, these are guys people want to play with. And I think LaMelo Ball will, will be a player that free agents want to play with. One of the people you talked to for the piece was Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak, and you mentioned him talking about referencing Kobe Bryant when talking to LaMelo Ball. What are some of the things that that they discussed? Because uh, Mitch Kupchak has told me in the past there are are players that LaMelo instantly reminded him of. I don't know if Kobe was one of them, uh, partially because they're different kinds of players, but also because Mitch won't tell me. Did he tell you? He he didn't tell me who he reminds him of. And the conversations about Kobe were more about practice habits and singular focus. Because as we know, Kobe was legendary when it comes to stuff like that, being focused entirely on winning and spending practice getting better. And and those are the kind of things that Mitch has emphasized to LaMelo, not just LaMelo either, to to Bridges and Terry Rozier and and the handful of other young guys they have 
uh, on the Hornets right now. But, you know, just recounting stories that, that he remembers, he recalls from his time with Kobe, but how he worked. And as, as we know, Kobe, for guys in LaMelo's generation and, and a little bit older, like he's the guy. Like he's the one that they grew up watching and trying to emulate and you know, sort of doing everything that they did. And Mitch Kupchak having, you know, all those years of firsthand experience working with Kobe Bryant, uh, he has been talking to them about things that he's done. And from what I understand, they've been kind of eating it up. And, and that, that's only going to be a good thing. If you can emulate, at the very least, the workout ethic and the practice habits of Kobe Bryant, you're going to get off to a pretty good start. My last question for you, Chris, I'll, I'll have you take off your reporter hat and, again, encourage everyone to read the piece in Sports Illustrated on LaMelo Ball. Great work, as always, by Chris Mannix, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. But taking off your reporter cap and, and taking your instincts and your uh, acumen for the NBA as a whole, Hornets are wrapping up the 2021 portion of the year where they've been on the road seemingly forever. Very difficult schedule, a lot of games into a compact amount of space and dealing with health and safety protocols like the rest of the NBA has but now looking ahead to 2022 there's more rest built into the schedule a lot more home games and the Hornets have been able to hang around 500 hang with the pack in the Eastern Conference in your expert opinion what do you think the future holds this season for the Hornets led by LaMelo Ball do they finally make it into the playoffs I do think they make it into the playoffs with the obvious caveat as we have no idea what teams are going to look like from any given night. I mean, I was recently watching in Boston for the Celtics-Cavs game, and it was the Celtics versus the Zombie Cavaliers, who were without Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and Isaac Okoro and you know so many guys that are entering these pro- protocols. And we are we are kind of in uncharted territory where you know this year we're now dealing with a virus that is clearly a lot more contagious. And as we've seen with guys entering the protocols multiple times in a short period of time has the potential to send you right back in. So that being said, the Hornets on paper have more than enough talent to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. They look like a playoff team last year. And you know, James Borrego told me, he's like, that's where I wanted us to pick up from. Like, that's where I, I basically told the team, that's what we were last year. Not the way we ended the season after overcoming some of the injuries and getting LaMelo back late. The team that was around 500 before LaMelo and Gordon Hayward got hurt, that's the team that I believe they we are. And I think they're a little bit better than that this year that made some nice, you know, signings to move things along. The natural progression of some of the young guys, they should be a playoff team. But I'll tell you this much, I mean, these teams and Charlotte is one of them, you've got to treat this virus like it's an opponent. Like you you've got to, you know, show maturity not just on the court, but off the court and where you go and how you protect yourself. Not just because of the health of you and your family, but if you go out, that's likely to cost, you know, your team games and it could cost your team uh, wins and lo- or losses at the end of the season. So there's a list, a lot of variables to account for before we start making playoff projections. But on paper, I think this Charlotte team is a playoff team. That's very true. I haven't heard it term that way, and I think it's very well said. I guess helpful when you have a young superstar and a leader of a team whose uh, main joys in life are going back and forth between home and the gym. Makes it very easy to keep things in, in control. Yeah, always good. And uh, you know, Quinn Snyder said something last year that always stuck with me is that yeah, he told the Jazz during the season, we have to compete with COVID. Like, that is, like, one of our opponents this year, a consistent opponent. I think the Jazz last year were one of the teams that had the fewest games missed because of COVID. So you have to take that mindset, you know, going into the rest of the season. Treat COVID as an opponent. you got to make the necessary sacrifices, not go out, not gather. You know, do what you have to do to, to keep yourself out of the protocols and give your team the best chance to win. 
It's a great piece by Chris Mannix in Sports Illustrated right now featuring LaMelo Ball, Sports Illustrated's Breakthrough Athlete of the Year. Chris, thank you so much for your time, and uh, next time you're in Charlotte, the breakfast cereal smoothie's on me. (laughs) You got it anytime. And our thanks to all of you as well for tuning in to today's edition of the HHC. Tomorrow, it's back to game day editions of the Hornets Hivecast. Charlotte finally back at Spectrum Center for the first time in more than two weeks. 16 days between home games. But finally, at long last, we are able to have a game inside Spectrum Center. Hornets will be hosting Houston, against whom they're looking for a little bit of revenge. Remember, the Rockets uh, tripped them up on night two of a back-to-back at the end of November. So we'll see if the Hornets can get the revenge tomorrow we will of course have our preview podcast for that one for you tomorrow and hope you'll join us for it here on the hornets hivecast so for our guest today senior writer from sports illustrated chris mannix our producer rob longo i'm sam farber saying thank you so much for listening it has been a pleasure and a privilege having you along and we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on the hornets hivecast thank you for listening to the hornets hivecast brought to you by senta the official eye ear nose and throat care provider of the charlotte hornets For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.